0: Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Are you interested in the most comprehensive compliance training class around? Do you want to hear from a true subject matter expert in the nuts and bolts of compliance? then my Doing Compliance Masterclass training is the compliance training class for you. It is unlike any other class being offered. The Compliance Masterclass is not theory or analytical underpinnings of the FCPA. The focus of the Compliance Masterclass is on the operationalization of compliance, for it is only in the doing of compliance that companies have a real chance of avoiding FCPA liability. I hope you will consider My Doing Compliance Masterclass, the next class, will be held in New York City on November 12th and 13th. For more information, check out my site, www.fcpacompliancereport.com. Part one, Embracing Agile. This week, I begin a five-part series on innovation in the compliance function. One of the most constant things I have observed in my 10-plus years of practice in the compliance space is its constant evolution. Compliance techniques and practices, which were considered cutting-edge, which I began, have moved to standard fare and are now largely minimum practices, i.e. table stakes to get into the game. The Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission have mirrored this evolution in not only how they view compliance programs, but also their own enforcement regimes and protocols. I thought it might be a good time to consider some innovations and how a company might put them into play in their own compliance programs. In this first episode, I want to consider agile innovation methods for your compliance program. In the Harvard Business Review article, Embracing Agile, the author said, agile methodologies involve new values, principles, practices, and benefits, and are a radical alternative to command and control style management. It is accomplished by taking employees out of their functional silos and putting them in customer-focused, multidisciplinary teams. As the customers of the compliance function are the company's employees, I think this transition should be made and it can be made. One of the most basic problems is that business executives do not understand enough about Agile, but only enough to be dangerous. They do not understand the comprehensive approach that needs to be taken. This means that senior management is unwilling to continue to employ conventional management practices that, in fact, work, actually undermine the Agile process. The author suggests the solution is that executives learn the basics of the agile process and understand the conditions in which they do not or do work. You should begin with a small team and small project and let the operation spread organically. This certainly applies to the chief compliance officer and compliance practitioners. Some of the right conditions for success of an agile initiative in the compliance arena are as follows You should have the right market environment for the project. This means you have to have your internal and customers involved, and allow feedback to change any proposed solution. You must be willing to innovate, particularly if there are complex compliance problems involved or which need to be solved. You need to break down the solutions into digestible chunks, which may actually change the scope through cross-functional employee collaboration. You can have appropriate creative breakthroughs. Digestible chunks will allow you to have incremental developments which can be tested and then rolled out for use by your employee base. As your internal customers use the innovation, the work cycles can be broken down further so that both testing and innovation continue unabated. This allows a continual feedback loop so that late changes in the innovation can be managed and incorporated going forward. Finally, if there are interim mistakes, those can be a valuable source of lessons learned going forward. An example might be around compliance training, a topic oftentimes commented upon as rote and something employees simply have to get through. Some commentators have characterized training as a basic tick-the-box exercise simply to get the governmental credit. While such commentary fails to understand the benefits of communication through training, it does point up some of the issues of stiltedness around compliance training. An approach to this might be to put together an agile team to look at training so that compliance could create topical training, in a few days to respond to market or other conditions separated out by the challenges met in various product lines or geographic areas. This innovation can include budgets as well, making your compliance function the most cost-effective through innovation. Another concept is to start small and let the word spread. This is antithetical to many large companies that launch change programs as massive efforts because the project sponsors feel that if they do not do so, the rest of the company will divine the effort is really not supported by senior management and respond accordingly. However, Agile might spread to another function while the original practitioners are acting as coaches. Each success seems to create a group of passionate evangelists that's coming from the compliance evangelist who can hardly wait to tell others in the organization about how well Agile works. And as the compliance evangelist, I certainly applaud this articulation. One of the most interesting offerings from the article was entitled Practical Agile at the Top. So not only can senior management provide new techniques through an agile exercise, but they can learn how to support more fully the compliance function, which might engage in agile review. Senior executives come together as an agile team and learn to apply the discipline to these activities achieve far-reaching benefits. Their own productivity and morale improves. They speak the language of the teams they are empowering. They experience common challenges, and they learn commonly how to overcome them. They recognize and stop behaviors that impede agile teams. They learn to simply focus on the work. Results improve, increasing confidence and engagement throughout the organization. There are three succinct benefits to this. First, by having senior management involved in Agile exercises, it allows them to catch up with the troops and reprioritize their efforts going forward to be better aligned with the troops and the real-time nature of Agile. Second, it allows a speedier corporate transition as it can allow the employees to know if management is in tune with what the employees care about going forward. Finally, it can present a clear alignment of departments and functions on a common vision. I can think of no greater strength for the compliance function to rely upon. This can be used to expose senior managers to break out of their silos in today's overspecialized organizations for general management roles. There is a need to destroy barriers to Agile. There are five points to doing so. First is to get everyone on the same page, which is the key responsibility of management. The second is not to change the structures, but to change the roles so that internal company disciplines can learn to work together simultaneously rather than separately and sequentially. This silo busting is absolutely critical. Next is to name only one boss for each decision in the Agile operating model, as it must be crystal clear who can make the final decision. ultimately, your Agile exercise should focus on teams, not individuals. Because it is team's collective intelligence that brings power to an Agile exercise. Finally, lead with questions and not orders. Here, think about General Patton, who said, who famously advised leaders never to tell people how to do things. Tell them what to do, and they will surprise you with their ingenuity. The Agile exercise will probably not work in a compliance function which is under the thumb of a corporate legal department, as innovation is typically not in the remit of legal. However, for a compliance function that desires to bring new and unexpected ways of operationalizing compliance to your organization, going through an agile exercise might be the thing to move compliance into the very DNA of your organization. In the next episode, we will consider super forecasting in compliance. I hope you've enjoyed this special five-part highlight on some of the ways to innovate in compliance. For more information on the innovation process in compliance, check out my latest book, The Compliance Handbook. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.